Feeling stuck in your private practice? Not sure of your direction? Worried about making changes in your mental health practice? Just getting started and need help? You've come to the right podcast. Welcome to PsychBiz. Hi, I'm Howard Baumgarten, licensed professional counselor, practice owner, author, and business consultant. And I'm delighted to be here to help you learn more about navigating the road to your private practice. Along with my sidekick, the Robin to my Batman, the one and only web designer for therapists, Sarah Gershon, we're here to help you understand how to be successful and make the most of your psychotherapy business. And I'm Sarah Gershon, professional web designer and digital marketing strategist. Each week, we're going to delve into topics that are pertinent to the building and running of your therapy practice online and in your office. Whether you're just getting started or are a seasoned veteran, there's going to be something in each episode for you. It's time to get psyched about PsychBiz. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Howard. How are you doing? I'm great this week. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You've had a good week? I have. It's been busy. It's been really busy. How about yeah. you? Oh, it's the same. The same. I'm, you know, still trying to catch up on some projects. And, you know, with all of the COVID stuff, life is even more crazy than usual. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's busy, but good. All, all good stuff. That's wonderful. And it's, you know what, it's so interesting, you know, when you said all the COVID stuff, because Mm -hmm. there's always adversity in front of us, right? And yeah, challenges, and we have to find a way to see that adversity as something, uh, you know, positive in our lives that we can work through challenging times and be able to persevere, be able to be resilient and grow. Oh, 100%. And I think that we also can really surprise ourselves with the amount of things we're able to accomplish, even in not ideal circumstances. You know, if you had told me a year ago, all of the things that were going to happen um, and all of the challenges that were going to come from quarantine and lockdowns and everything, I would have said, well, there's no way I can continue to run my business and also meet all the needs of my family and all of these different things. But then it happens and you do it and you take yourself by surprise, but you really see how much you're capable of when things get hard. Right. And here you are probably busier in your business than ever, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And same for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been busy. It's been really busy. And, you know, it's interesting because we're going to talk today about marketing uh, for therapists and, you know, um, why do we even need marketing if we're busy? I mean, that's it's a good question. I know. Yes. <laughs> do you get that a lot from therapists? I do. Well, I get it from people who hear what I do and, you know, who are, who, who, who are therapists and they say, oh, it's great that you do websites for therapists. I don't, or I don't need a website because my practice is full. And, and like, I never argue with people. Um, but I, I think that that, actually isn't the case. And I think it has um, to do with a misunderstanding of what marketing is about. And, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of times when your practice is full is exactly when you want to be doing the marketing. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Say more about that because I think I think you're right. I, I that's kind of something I subscribe to, and obviously, um, it, it lived it with working with you on my website during a time that, you know, my practice was I was I was nervous because of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. um, I created this opportunity in this space, and as soon as I went off and running, you know, even before we went live, my practice, you know, bounced back quickly after mm-hmm. the first month of quarantine. Yeah. Know, stay at home orders. And so, uh, you know, I could have stopped the process with that kind of thinking of, I, right. I, don't, I don't need to do this. And I don't remember, did I ever tr- pull back? Do you remember me pulling back? I no, for sure you didn't. For sure yeah. you didn't. And I probably did in my head. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the thing is, I, I think both for like a website and av- any other type of marketing that you do, any any effort that you make to get your practice better known or reach out to more people. It takes an investment of time and effort and that can feel overwhelming. It can feel intimidating. It can feel like it's too much or there are too many things. But I really think that people benefit so much from having a robust, healthy practice that and, and the confidence and the lack of fear that comes from knowing that you're well-established, that you have clients coming from more than one place, that you have a reputation that is going to last you, you know, Mm. through ups and downs that really, you know, it's a huge benefit. So, so websites really, um, what I'm hearing you say is that websites really drive marketing in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of different perspectives. So, you know, I, I think that in today's world, having a website is kind of, a foundational thing of establishing a presence and establishing yourself as a professional and as a source of authority. Right. Right. Um, And that then that kind of is the base that then you do other things once you have that website and they all kind of end up coming back to the website because people will, you know, always people end up back on your website when you're getting better known, when you're doing things, the website kind of becomes the place where people kind of end up. And I know that you talk a lot about marketing and what the, you know, right kind of attitude and approach to it is with your smart marketing concept. Can you talk a little bit about that and explain a little bit what it is? I wrote wrote all about it in the book too. Um, Yes, I can. Um, But before I do, I just want to, I, there's something lingering for me about what you just said. I, yeah. I think, I think I was thinking about the website in a, in a, in a way that, that you just helped me with, which is it's, it's not necessarily driving it, but it mm-hmm. means the hub of it where everything yeah. lands. Right. And so that hub a, is a great it, word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it becomes the hub. And of course we'll talk a lot about websites in, an, in, in a future episode, but um, since it's what you do and it's so, it's so tied to marketing it doesn't necessarily drive it. It's it, it it's it's the landing place though where a lot of marketing happens um, by accident. You know, in other words, you're, you're out marketing and people go to your site and they're reading about you and learning about you, and so it's an integral part. It's the hub, if you will. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Cool. Well, you asked me about smart marketing and and that concept, and you know, I developed that concept as the sort of second half of how to drive clients toward you and the, not just clients, but the right type of clients towards you. Okay. And, um, and so in order to talk about smart marketing, I also have to talk about intelligent networking, which I talk about also in the book. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way I view 
net, net intelligent, I believe both both have to be present in order for clients, the right kind of clients that for your practice to come in. And when I say yours, I mean you, the listener. Right. And so uh, intelligent networking is really about cultivating relationships in the here and now, right? It's it's yeah. about it actively engaging, getting out there, going. Now, obviously, we're in, still in this pandemic, and so it's harder to do that. But mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I've done is I've participated in lots of online trainings, right? And, and I've and and a lot of and I particularly part- like to participate in the ones that have breakout rooms where you can actually interact online with other people and get to know them, right? Because what happens is they lead to oh, you do this, you do this, yeah, and and you actually get to know the other uh, people that are attending these live trainings or these online trainings, and you have an opportunity to uh, build collaborative relationships much the way you would do in a non-pandemic when you go to your community trainings, um, when big name people or experts come and talk. Right. I think developing networks, and that's just one way to develop networks. There are so many ways going out to um, doctor's offices and, you know, Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about networking maybe in a whole separate episode, but okay. it is the it is the the counterpart to smart marketing. Now, the way I define smart marketing in with therapists, and this may be quite a bit different from the the concept that big business uses in terms mm-hmm. of, but marketing is you actually put forth money and effort, and it does the work for you after a while. So in other words, nice. it's not a here and now thing. So in other words, the networking is high in cost on your time and low in cost on money. And mm-hmm. the marketing is high in cost on money. And when I say high in cost on money, I don't mean like exorbitant. We'll talk right. about today here a little bit, but it's it's higher in cost in money um, and less of your time because it does the work for you while you're sleeping. People are getting mm-hmm. online while you're seeing other clients. People are getting online. They're looking at your material. So it's it's the kinds of things like print material, business mm-hmm. cards, uh, branding, logo. Uh, you know um, the things that are your calling card that are both mm-hmm. online and in print, right? Because we still use right. print quite a bit. For sure. Yeah. Um, and so that's what smart marketing is. And then I've developed a system in smart marketing that I call, uh, and I, I trademarked this, it's, it's called the referral wheel. And, okay. Um, this is also a concept is in my book in chapter six. And the, this is a concept where we're talking about uh, you do, you, you do, it's a blend of marketing and networking and market research. So the three elements are you go out and you gather information. You get curious, if you will, Interesting. about what's, what's going on in your community. Yeah. What, what are the needs of your community? And, um, you know, people say, well, how do I do that? I'm a therapist. I don't really like to get out and do that. And I don't really know how to do that. And my, mm-hmm. answer, my answer usually is any way you possibly can. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I have people do uh, go out and we, we actually, when people consult with me, I ask them to identify sources in and around their private practice location and um, encourage them and challenge them to go out and ask what their needs are. So for example, Interesting. 
for example, you go out, you schedule an appointment with a doctor's office and you need, you bring them some goodies and you say, what are, what are your needs? You know, I'm, I'm right down the street from you. You're a pediatric um, primary care physician group. And mm-hmm. I work with, and I work with teenagers and, uh, and kids. And so what are your referral needs? And, you know, so we, you talk about that with them. I usually bring them some bagels or muffins or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you talk about that. And so that's, that's the networking part. Right. You're also doing, you're, so you're, you're building relationships and you're also doing market research and asking them. Right. And, and then when you go, and then when you go to put stuff on your website, for example, mm-hmm. um, you're yes. marketing to all doctors. Yes. Now you don't have to go to every doctor's office and bring. Me. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I, I love so much about that, but I love that you incorporate the research into, into that approach because it's such an important step and it often gets skipped. And then people say, oh, well, I, I did this and it didn't work, or I did this and it didn't work. And it's because they're skipping the step of figuring out what exactly they need to be targeting, what exactly potential clients need to hear. And so they're putting in the time or the money or whatever, and it's not successful. And they say, oh, it, you know, marketing doesn't work. But I, I think it's just that they're missing that really, really crucial step. Well, uh, yeah. And I encourage um, clinicians, listeners to go in, in, in the market research, since you're so interested in the market research pro- process, uh, you remember the, the five W's and one H of journalism, right? Who, what, when, where, why, and how, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that is your assessment for the needs of the people that you're interviewing to find out what the needs of your community are, right? That's fascinating. Yeah. Who, who, who do you work with? What are some of the issues you're seeing? Why do you think we're seeing these issues? Cause I, I want some background. I want to understand, you know, for example, when the pandemic hit, and you know I specialize in one of my specialties is adolescents, mm-hmm. I I picked up the phone and I called. Uh, this is everything to do with this whole referral wheel. I picked up the phone and I called the local high schools mm-hmm. um, in and around my office, right? Mm-hmm. And I spoke with the um, some of the social workers in the high schools. Yeah. And I said, what are what are you hearing from parents and from teenagers and stuff about this online school? Um, and, you know, tell me, why do you think this is going on for them wow. um, in the pandemic? And, um, you know, uh, who who are most at risk in terms of population um, yeah. in, in this age group? You know, uh, is it people that are underserved? Is it people that don't have computers um, at home? Um, what, you know, what are, what are you seeing in, in families? And in fact, many of these um, social workers, obviously they weren't sharing any identifying information, but they were right. able to tell me things about what was going on in their families as well. Right. So that I could better set up my virtual practice in a way that marketed for those particular clients and in a way that also was being done for the kind of clients that I treat. Right. That sounds amazing. And I'm sure also it leads to good relationships with those people in the different schools. And that's also a good thing for your practice. Absolutely. So that's an example of smart marketing, just as, yeah. as a way of saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about what now you, you know, because you work with so many therapists in, in web design, um, you know, what are some of the marketing issues that they tell you about um, when, when they're contracting with you or when they're getting curious about building a website? Well, I think that there are a couple of different areas that can kind of be pitfalls. I mean, I think one of them is that a lot of therapists are just very reluctant to be seen. They have um, 
a lot of discomfort with having their picture or talking about themselves or, or different things that are kind of required to have an online presence. And that can really, it isn't for everyone. So a lot of people are fine with it, but I, I still see a significant percentage of people who feel uncomfortable um, with kind of putting themselves out there. And that can really be, it's a, it's a real challenge. It can be a real mm -hmm. challenge for some people. Um, and then I think that there's also a mistake that a lot of people make where they're kind of, well, I'm going to throw something up and that way I've done it and I've gotten it out of the way because I don't like it. I feel uncomfortable with anything, you know, whether it's social media or whether it's a website or whatever, it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to do the bare minimum, get something up there and then not pay attention to it for as long as possible. <laughs> and I can say that I did it. Um, and I, I sympathize, right? Because this is stressful for people and therapists are already doing a lot. They've already right. got a lot on their plates and, you know, it can really feel like, what do you mean? I have to run a business. I have to serve my clients and keep up with my education. And now you want me to, you know, tweet, like, are you kidding? Like I, there's no way. Um, it feels like too much. And so people kind of don't, don't learn enough about it. Don't invest enough energy into it to really get a benefit from it. So they're kind of just doing the bare minimum and then they don't see a result and they say, see, I told you this wasn't going to do any good. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I also imagine that their, their expectations may be, um, you know, kind of high in terms of if they're going to put the effort into in being courageous and vulnerable about right. doing something online, they're expecting some sort of tangible result. Right. And I also think sometimes they spread themselves too thin. And this is, you know, because there's so much that you can do, right? You can, there's so many different types of social media. There's websites, you can do a blog, you can do a vlog, you can do videos on YouTube, like you can do all of these different ways of putting yourself out there. And, you know, if you do a tiny bit of a bunch of them, you're not going to see any result, but you're still going to be exhausted. Right. So, you know, I think that what you were talking about and doing research and having a strategy when you're going to do, um, you know, smart marketing, I think that's also very much a part of online marketing, where you learn enough about the different options that are available to you, so that then you pick the option that's the right fit for you. Oh, and then yeah. you do that and forget about the other stuff, you know, um, do the one that is going to be the best fit um, for your personality, for the way you want your practice to grow and don't try to do it all. I love that. Um, you, what you're saying is pick something and do it well. Yes. Yeah. Um, rather than try to do everything all at once and mm -hmm. do a, uh, a, uh, uh, you know, a watered down version of every, of everything. Um, it won't work as well as just picking yeah. one thing. I love yeah. that. And you know, it's interesting because we were talking about online marketing and fears. Um, and I think um, you're right. A lot of therapists are, uh, especially the older generations. Mm -hmm. we, we, we're not talking about me though, of course. No, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the older generations are definitely quite a bit more fearful, I think, than, you know, millennials and Gen Z mm -hmm. folks, because they're, they've been, they've been raised with this kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I think, uh, it, 
it's it's hard to dive dive into it for for those folks. But even so, any practitioner uh, may be maybe the word isn't fearful of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the word is um, avoidant. And the reason yeah. I say that is because most people, when they become a practitioner of mental health, they want to get to just seeing clients. And yeah. um, they, like you said earlier, they don't want to spend time tweeting and, and right. doing all these things. A few, a few folks probably really enjoy that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know who you are if you do, and that's great. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and by the way, if you do, you have, uh, you have another skill to market to other therapists. <laughs> um, but I, I think that... Um, you know, for the large portion of therapists in private practice, they go into private practice because they want to sit in front of their clients mm-hmm. and really directly work with them and helping them. And so what's interesting, and I, I'm really curious about your perspective on this, is when you actually get someone who may be fearful of making a change and doing something really well, like with their website, mm-hmm. um, whether they're older or younger, it doesn't matter. Um what actually happens when they go through the process with you? Well, I think that a lot of times they're surprised by how happy they are once they kind of have gone through the process, you know, and that it's not actually as uncomfortable as they envisioned it being, right? And I think that part of that is because there's a disconnect where people feel like if I talk about myself or if I talk about, you know, the services I offer, So then I'm being salesy and being salesy is not me. And so by definition, doing anything online to promote myself is not an expression of me. It's untrue to me. Right. Yeah. No, totally. I I got that. I felt that way too. And you you know, actually it's funny. I, you know, I enjoy talking about myself, but I also don't, (laughs) but I don't enjoy doing it. Um, for the purpose of trying to get clients exactly. right? or, or for right. the purpose of getting people to know. And I, and, and so when, when we were working together on, on the revamp of uh, the redo of my new website, um, I was petrified mm-hmm. and you know, this yeah. to do what, what was I most petrified to do? Do the, like talking about yourself, like having like the content and stuff. Right. That's right. If you remember, I know you work with so many folks, but if you remember, there was one particular part of that, that, that I couldn't, I couldn't get around initially. And now it's become one of my favorite parts of the website. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't remember. Oh, the videos. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for sure. Cause it's definitely, it's scary to be on a video. That's right. Yeah. But then the end product is so great. Well, and I, I'll even say this, um, I'll share this with, with uh, you, the listener. And that is that I, I was pretty terrified. And this is, by the way, you're talking to somebody who is comfortable with public speaking. I've been doing lots right. of live events. I've been doing um, online, you know, video trainings that were both live and recorded. I mean, but for some reason, there was something that was getting in the way of me feeling comfortable enough to do these videos for the website. And, you know, if you, the listener goes and looks at my videos, you might say, uh, oh, these are terrible. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, they're not though. They're not. Um, I, 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 I like them, but yeah, th- you know what I like the best is that I actually had fun doing them and I yeah. did not think that they'd be fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I did. Oh, not for sure. Fun. And, and sh- to my shock, the feedback I've gotten from people has been like, they're really authentic. You're really honest yes. with them. You're, you know, and I, I was surprised and I, right. so why, why are therapists surprised to find these kinds of results? Can you share something about that? 
Well, I think that part of it is that there's really a mindset shift that has to take place, right? And that when you realize that through putting yourself out there online, that you can actually be yourself and be available and impact more people in a positive way. So then doing online marketing isn't a compromise that you make because you've got to put food on the table, but it's an extension of the work that you do with your clients in your office. And it's not something that's distasteful. It's something that's an opportunity for you to take what you do with your clients in your office when you're working mm, with them yeah. and, and extend it to a wider audience. Get some of that content, some of that insight, some of that even just peaceful vibe, some of that personality and reassurance that you share with your clients and share it with more people. Yeah. I think and of it, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I, I think of it as something like, um, it's a project, um, and not a burden. It's something that yeah. you, you want to do and not that you necessarily need to do. And if you stay in a place of need, uh, then it may not, it may not feel as good as if you say, Hey, this is something I want to do and I'm choosing to do it. And this is a, my next project is to develop a really good website or put a video on my website or yeah. market in this one way. And I think that goes, that ties to what you were saying earlier about do one thing really well until you've done it well enough. And then, and then you can move on to the next thing. Right. Absolutely. And it's about picking the thing that aligns with what you enjoy doing, right? Um, whether that's if you really enjoy writing and feel like you have stuff to say, then blogging is an obvious and really natural choice for you. And, you know, if that's not your thing, then there are other things that would be a good fit for you. So you just have to kind of, you know, think about what feels like something that you could get excited about, about something that you could do with enjoyment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I get a lot of people that consult with me and they ask me this question. They say, you know, um, again, again with the money, right? Like what's my, mm -hmm. financial, what's my financial investment in marketing and, you know, how should I plan on budgeting, you know, for, for, for marketing? And I don't know, what do you, do you get that question a lot? I mean, I, I guess maybe not in the same way since I have, like packages that I have up on my website. So people usually already know when they call me, they've already looked. So they kind of know like for that. And then, you know, that more happens if I'm having a conversation with people about something that's more technical, like doing search engine optimization or, or some kind of like ongoing, you know, investments in an ongoing marketing um, thing. But I, I, I think that, Regardless, it's really about, it's less about the numbers than people think because you make an initial investment and then it, in a, in, it, it re recoups itself over time as you gain the benefit of whatever the different thing is that you've done. Right. And that's the way I think of it. You know, what I typically tell the folks that consult with me and what I've done in my practice is, you know, you work with numbers that you can afford at the time. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Your, your, your budget, there is no set amount. Exactly. It, it really depends on what you want to put into it, what you can afford. Um, and actually it's funny because I will actually sit with my uh, consulting clients and I'll, I'll say, look, let's look at your finances and let's create a budget together Yeah. that, that you can live with. 
Um, and, uh, and, but then they ask this, the, the next question is how do I track whether the strategies are paying off? Mm-hmm. And I know, for example, that you have backdoor trackers, right? On, you know, yeah. people can look at what's that called again? Well, it's a website analytics to see how many people are coming to the website and what kind of traffic it's getting. That's and you right. can also do, you know, a bunch of other analysis on a website to see keywords that it's ranking for, what pages are getting viewed, what's coming up when people are searching different topics, that kind of thing. So when people are setting up their websites, regardless of who they go with, it's probably pretty important for them to ask about um, analytics tracking and do, is that something they have to do on their own or will their web webmaster or web designer do it for them? I know you um, create these monthly reports, right? Um, yeah. For your clients and some of that information perhaps might be on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just kind of having a feel for like, so for example, if you're writing a blog mm-hmm. and one of your blog posts is getting a ton of traffic, So then that's really important for you to know because you'll say, oh, there's a lot of interest specifically in this topic. So how can I expand on it? How can I give people, you know, more information that's relevant to this topic? Or what is it that's driving people to be super interested to this? Like what what other topics would be relevant to them? And so then with that information, you then are empowered to make a lot of really smart choices about, you know, and create a strategy moving forward because you know which blog post people were especially excited about. Well, and I think this ties back to the original concept of market research in my referral wheel. Yeah, absolutely. this This is what I would call the sort of ongoing data research that you need to be doing, which is looking at your Google Analytics and um, you know, who's reading what, and also what, you know, what region, because sometimes people pick up this information that aren't able to see you as a therapist because mm-hmm. they're not in your state, but they're, they find the information valuable. And that's when therapists might want to start thinking about um, writing a book that they can see right. um, because they can't do therapy with people outside their own state unless they're licensed in the other state or mm-hmm. all the states, which is virtually impossible. But, right. um, you know, and so uh, I've been able to establish traffic on my website from all over the world because of some of the things that I've been able to, you know, that I've been doing. And, and actually, it's interesting, that has informed my choices of what I'm interested in doing and, you know, where I'm honing my, my uh, talks and trainings and that's really interesting. I I do outside my practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And then, uh, and then a very basic way that listeners uh, who are practice owners can uh, track their progress. Mm -hmm. uh, And maybe it's not an either, or it's gotta be an and, and so, they take your system of Google Analytics and all these other sort of online tools, if you will, for for market research. Uh, and then there's what I would call a sort of the more non-online traditional way, which is anytime a client gets into my office, even before they I you know they matriculate into my practice, I say, "How did you hear about my practice?" So crucial, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of the most crucial things. And so I, it's interesting. I, when I first started out, I developed an Excel spreadsheet that had all the different sources that I was marketing on, right? So mm-hmm. therapist directory, um, 
website, insurance panels, if you work with insurance, you know, and in fact, I had them broken into each insurance panel so that I right. knew if somebody from Aetna, you know, went to the Aetna site, you know, how many insurance people was I, was I getting? And in fact, I talk about that in my book where you track where your clients are coming from. Yeah. There's even, there's even a form in my book that shows that. And yeah. so, um, uh, because what that does is it helps, like you said, when you were talking about writing more about this topic in a blog, um, it also helps you make decisions as a practice owner of what managed care panels do I like working with the most? In terms Interesting. Of the most yeah. Referrals, right? Because yeah. really working with managed care is in fact a form of marketing. Right. Oh, for sure. Because You're, it go brings ahead. a flow of patients. Yeah. That's right. And and so what the clinicians don't often think about is, you know, they I, I'm, I'm a member of a lot of um, professional Facebook groups in psychotherapy. And I, I constantly hear complaints about, you know, you know, this managed care company isn't paying enough. And and by the way, they're, they're right to complain about it because yeah. that is true. <laughs> they, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're very, they're, they never pay what, what your value is. But part of what, what the clinician and the listeners need to think about is that you're paying for marketing by right. agreeing to a lower cut rate. Right. So you, that's another area of marketing where you're contracted with an insurance company and they're doing the marketing for you because you're now on a listserv and they're going to their network for um, the, the members are going to their, to their network of which you're in and you're getting that, that referral. Right. Um, and so it's another diversification within the marketing strategy. Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. What about branding? Um, how important is that in marketing? I mean, that's a difficult topic. I think there are a lot of different perspectives on that. Um, and also a lot of different definitions of what branding is. I mean, if someone asked you what branding is, how would you answer that? Well, I mean, I think it's like creating a logo and a tagline and having sort of, um, you know, somewhat of a mission statement. I mean, when I when I was teaching the the graduate course, um, we would do, and, and also the the the, the day-long professional training courses on building private practice, the first thing we would do is we would talk about creating a business plan. And in mm -hmm. fact, the creation and delivery of a business plan was like 70% of their grade. Wow. Uh, and, 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 the, and some of the very beginning part of the, you know, I have them, I walk them through, you know, why did they get into this field and what's their personal narrative that relates to that, that goes into the business plan. And then, um, you know, how do you want to brand that? Right. Yeah. How do you want to brand your, who you are. Um, and so for me, branding, branding is really about capturing your personal nature. So for example, if you go to my website, um, you know, this, because the, one of the first things I said to you is that I'm a nature lover. Right. And, um, and when you told me that you love nature too, mm -hmm. I, I knew right then I was like, this is going to be great. Right. And so I, just, <laughs> right. I said, my, my vision is that I want to, I want lots. I, I love people and I love nature and I want to have, um, you know, diversified people from different backgrounds and, and, you know, whatnot, um, superimposed with, with, uh, you know, nature like backgrounds. Yeah. And so we have a lot of that on my website. And even though that's not even my logo, that's, that's my brand. And then of course we built a logo right. that has three, excuse me, three mountains on it. Right. And uh, I think, you know, again, th those are some personal details that may be a bit more meaningful to me, but it's also important because I want for my prospective clients to connect with what they see as valuable too. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, 
my perspective is that a lot of what branding is, it's, it's about showing up consistently and having a personality that people recognize so that there's a feeling of comfort that's created because they know that they're in the right place and they know what they're getting. So if you're a person who is providing you know, a certain type of interaction with your clients. So your brand should reflect that so that they get the same feeling from looking at your website or looking at your business card or whatever that they get when they talk to you. Um, And because that creates a feeling of safety and a feeling of trust. And it's important, you know, even for brands that don't have anything to do with therapy, right? If you're, you know, going to a store and that's a chain store. So they have a brand so that no matter what state you're in, what city you're in, if you go to that store, you have a similar experience and you feel like, Oh, like I, I, I know this place. I'm comfortable here. I know where to find things like this is, you know, it's target or whatever. Um, But think about how much more so in a situation where you're asking people to come in and sit down and be really vulnerable with you how important it is to create that feeling of familiarity and safety whenever they're interacting with you, not just when it's face-to-face, but when they're on their website, when they're getting an email from you, whatever it is to have that kind of um, those signs that this is all the same experience and that, you know, just like you feel safe talking to me one-on-one, you can feel safe on my website. You can feel safe whenever you're interacting with me. Oh, I I love that, Sarah. Uh, This idea of safety is so important in the work that we do as therapists. And, you know, it's funny. I've been talking so long uh, over the years about branding. And it's the first time I really sort of um, uh, uh, deeply understood the connection between branding and safety for the client, uh, the prospective client. I mean, I, I think I may have been taking it for granted because as a yeah. therapist, I'm, I'm you intuited blinded, it. I'm, yeah. And I'm blinded yeah. by the givens of, right. of right. Thing. And to hear you name it is so beautiful because that's really what all therapists are trying to convey uh, um, in their own authenticity. And, and the, you know, it's interesting, the therapist, you know, you, the listener knows that you are creating a safe space. What's really important is that the client feels safe. Right. 100%. That's that's the difference is that, you know, we therapists know that we're creating safety, but we can't guarantee that the client is experiencing safety. Right. What you're saying is branding. This is awesome. Branding really connects with the client's experience of their own safety in the context of private, of, of private therapy. Right. Therapy. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Um, mm, That is so meaningful. Uh, Yeah. What, you know, I want to, I want to maybe ask you one more thing and maybe we can talk about this together. Yeah. We wrap wrap up. And that is, um, you know, I, even this happened with me as a therapist, but, you know, I guess it's the experience of feeling overwhelmed by all the things that about marketing that we don't like to do. And I think this goes probably goes back to the original thing we said, which is just start something and do it mm-hmm. well. And right. Once you've done it, but see, I think the part that I'm still lingering with is let's also assume that if, you know, I think a lot of therapists start something and then they get sidetracked. Oh, for sure. And, and it's really hard to stay with a project, you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, what would you tell therapists that, you know, are, 
getting sidetracked perhaps by their their practices themselves they're they're balancing personal life with their therapy life um and and yet they have to like you said earlier in the episode you know power through making some significant contribution to their marketing efforts right well, I mean, I think that the most important thing is probably getting support, whether that's working with someone like you and getting some consultation and getting some guidance about where they need to invest their energy and what's going to be kind of the most impactful thing that they can do, um, or whether it's, you know, partnering with someone to help them, you know, get their goals accomplished. But I think getting getting support is really important and, you know, just because you're in private practice or you're a solo practitioner, it doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself. And it doesn't mean that you can't ask for support, whether that means hiring someone or whether that means, you know, other clinicians and you have like a peer support group and you share ideas and share accountability or, or whatever it might look like. But I think that sometimes therapists are more likely to feel overwhelmed when they feel like it's all on them and that they don't have any outside source of guidance or support or direction. And then it it's feels super, super overwhelming. So I think not being alone as you're working on things is probably one of the most helpful things you can do. Is that something that you've seen in your experience with people? Oh, absolutely. And um, not, I mean, of course, the folks that I consult with are in the process, they're reaching out to me. Right. right. And they're, absolutely. They're for help. And it's such an honor, privilege to work with them. And, uh, you know, I was thinking too, that, that, I'm so grateful to you because of how you helped me power through the changes that, you know, I, I wanted to make in my website and, you know, you, your support made it fun and easier uh, in <laughs> yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, something that is usually very stressful for therapists. And so right, I, right. I love, I love uh, that, you know, you're saying this because it's, it is hard for therapists to ask for help from others. I mean, after all, we're in the business of being in the role of helping others. And so right. for us to say, Hey, I, I need some help, I think is, is harder um, in some ways, but you're, you're absolutely right. The more you, you do that when you're stuck, the easier it is to navigate through the waters and, and be successful. So right. uh, if you have a hard time with marketing, you're not alone. And I want you to know that you know, people like Sarah are all over the place. Um, although there's only one unique Sarah Gershon, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm here. You know, uh, and uh, you know, use your friends and your colleagues and other people to to help you with marketing. Do your market research. Make sure that you're uh, working on one thing really well. And um, you know, of course, there were a, was a lot of stuff we talked about about marketing today, huh, Sarah? Yeah. And I think that, you know, this podcast is also a source of support for people who are feeling overwhelmed or feeling like they don't have the guidance they need. This is also, you know, one of our goals is to kind of help by providing some insight, providing some direction, um, some practical strategies that'll kind of help to beat that feeling of overwhelm and give you concrete things that you can do um, to move your practice in the right direction. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about marketing your practice, please visit our websites. The details are in our show notes. Uh, if there's something you'd like to learn more about specifically that you didn't learn in today's episode, leave us a comment and we can address it in an upcoming podcast. Great to hear from you. Great to talk with you, Sarah. Great to talk with you too. Thanks so much. Okay. Have a good week. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Now be smart and give your marketing a good start. Join us for episode three, when you'll learn all about using videos as a marketing tool. This podcast was made possible by Strong Roots Web Design and HB Enterprises. For more information, please take a look at our show notes.